What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making. The Mushroom Hunter jackets are some of my favorites. Those are really dope. But yeah, if you need jackets, shirts, hats, just prints, very cool prints, um, hit this dude up. The Jungle Television link will be in the episode notes along with the Instagram tag. And if you use the code DCP at checkout, you'll get 20% off of your next order. So take advantage of that. Check out the uh, the Jungle Television Instagram, Cruise Alex's designs. Um, they're very, very dope. And next level, appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe, clicking the writer review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, and uh, it will help strangers find the podcast and give it more visibility on the national and international levels, help expose the, the artists that come on the show to share their music and their stories and whatever else they've got going on. I appreciate the fuck out of all the folks who have already taken the time to do so. And I'm super stoked to jump into this episode. We got episode 223 coming at you. Retro Champ is on the show out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, really excited to share this conversation that I had with this dude. It was uh, it was a meaningful one and came on a day that I was just I was just having a day, man. I think I've tried to pretend that none of this uh, this COVID shit, not being able to do all the normal things, hasn't really been. I've been trying to pretend like it hasn't been bothering me so much, but I think it's it's starting to sink in a little bit. And uh, I think also just that mixed with all of the overwhelming shit going on in in the country right now is uh it's just a lot everybody's you know going through a lot right now but uh i hope that you can enjoy jumping into this thing for an hour and getting to know this uh this talented dude out of st louis missouri and we're gonna share some of his music and we will Jump into that momentarily. Don't forget to check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. You can find a bunch of in-studio performances, live show performances, all genres of music. And if you dig this episode of the podcast and you're you're new to it, definitely go back, 
a few weeks, especially if you if you like rap music. I've been having a lot of rap and hip hop on the the last four or five weeks. The Duke the Genius episode, Marcus McCauley, some aliens, just a lot of cool conversations recently, and really really been enjoying them. And the last couple of weeks, there's been a couple volumes of I Dig Records that have dropped the show that I do with my cousin, Rob Bobby Grooves Granfelt, where we uh, do the deep dive on records and, and listen to some of the tracks while we're talking about it. And on Volume 7, the episode that came out last week, we did the Internet's Ego Death, and then we also did Milo's Budding Ornithologists Are uh, Tired of Weary Analogies which was a super fun episode, and uh, one dropped the week before that too. So plenty of stuff to check out if you have not caught up or if you are new to the show. I would encourage you to uh, to go back through the catalog. Like I said, it's coming at you every Friday. All the links will be in the episode notes. Shout out to Vortex Music Magazine for uh, always sharing this thing up and... Uh, letting me be a part of their platform. Really appreciate them. They are a Portland, Oregon music magazine and a lot of digital content that they put out regularly. And they also have a physical magazine that comes out four times a year. And one of the things that's going to drop on the same day that this episode is dropping is uh, a premiere through Vortex Music Magazine from former guests of the podcast, the Frank Irwin Quintet. My buddy Chris Frank is is dropping a bunch of new music. It is on its way, and he has put out the first two singles. He's he's doing this really cool thing where his uh, his band is is doing a piece, and then he's sending it off to have some other producers do a remix version of it. And um, in this case, he. His band did a cover of the Nine Inch Nails song Piggy in this kind of jazz arrangement of it. And it's really dope. But in addition to that, they are dropping this remix that was done by one of the best producers and beat makers out of Portland, Oregon, by the name of Alex Meltzer, who's been featured on this show before with Corgi and Bass. And the man on the mic is Cloud Castle, who has also been on the show before, a friend of the show. Both All, the, all these people involved in this, uh, this remix are, are past guests and, and friends of this thing. So I want to go ahead, before we get into the Retro Champ chat, I want to drop this, uh, this remix that was done. So this is Piggy, and uh, these links will be in the episode notes as well. Watch the piggies run to the sound of the gun. Their roars, the herd flashes, bangers flop past you. Strangers are committed to dangerous tactics. Waves of pain play off ancient mathematics. Playing the lame ducks who fucks with these badges. Break, break, slam on sacred gold blacktop. Ego, death, the racist old mascots. Lights to the pipe, ignites the old crack rock. One little piggy calls a cold black rock. Knees on the next provide a cold backdrop. Affluent white boys tag my old jazz spot. Take 
Gangs against brothers and tanks with black masks on When we on the block, we rock the whole Casper Listen as the sirens weep in slow rapture History, pillars of ghosts, but no Casper Two little piggies, one with a tractor Being to the back of a queen, we heard Blacka Is that a tractor? Characters pray as America preys on Americans. Brick walls built to bathe them white guilt. Wolves blowing down the houses, hate built. A sudden infatuation with race has my heart racing. The pace of the nation marching and murdering our salvation. They're violating our freedoms, protecting the simulation. The piggies are busted out of the pens. They're penetrating, creating a new face of the past. They all passed up. But all this tear gas got us gassed up. Why the fuck you think we're out here messed up? There's more than one virus that the piggies wanna pass us. That was Piggy, the reimagined version of the Frank Irwin Quintet's Nine Inch Nails cover by Alex Meltzer and uh, Cloud Castle. And I think I think even Bear Brown made it into that track a bit as well. So check that out if you dug what you heard. And now, without further ado, we're going to get into episode 223 with Retro Champ out of St. Louis, Missouri. This is a killer chat, man. I I appreciate the fuck out of this dude for uh, for jumping on the line with me, complete stranger to this guy. And uh, I found out about I found out about his music rather uh, just a just a couple days ago, and I've been listening heavy to it and really enjoying it. He's got a couple EPs out right now. One of them is called Backlash, and the other one, the most recent one, which is only about a month and a half old is called FYI, and uh, we're going to do the thing, man. We're going to get into episode 223. If you are feeling what this dude is doing, show him some love because he deserves it. So if you're digging it, let him know, and we're going to kick it off with a track called Vibe off that FYI album. Let's do the damn thing. Chilling at the function, showing love, pizza bumping, Yeah. You already know what I'm on Yeah, straight edge and I'm still in my soul yeah. We ain't 
seems that you're uh you're working with mike at earshot for, for yeah, pr so yeah. i i got his uh yeah i got his email the other day about your your confidence video coming out and the uh the fyi ep and yeah. yeah dude i dug what i heard so i was like yo let's fucking yeah. let's connect with this dude and see what's going on that's what's up man i appreciate the opportunity Monday. absolutely you ready to you ready to jump into this thing then Man, whenever you're ready, bro. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I appreciate you uh, just taking the time to to jump on the mic with me and and talk to me about your music and and where you come from. I'm really stoked because uh, I've I've had some people from the St. Louis area on the show, but no one who's actually based out of there now. And that's where you're at, right? Yeah, that's, this is where I've been born and raised, you know what I'm saying? I'm still here, you know what I mean? So I'm based out of St. Louis, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, so what's what's your uh, what's your early exposure to music, man? So I've been playing drums since I was two. And, like, as I got older, like, from childhood to now, it's just been nothing but music in my life. Um. Both of my cousins are rappers. They're from St. Louis as well. Um, you know what I'm saying? My dad was a musician. Uh, it's just, we had a lot of different people in our family who, you know what I'm saying, were just either doing art as far as like drawing or painting or whatever, or they just did music. And I just became one of those, you know what I'm saying, family members that just really dug into it. And now I'm locked in. And now it's like I'm here to take that legacy and go farther. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so the the instruments and the art just kind of laying around the house and, and yeah. the, the access was there for you? Yeah, man. It's just, it, it was just like that, bro. Like um, when I was a kid, I used to set up like my little drum set. I had like pots and pans in the kitchen. and Jay-Z you know, style, man. That, that's what his yeah, mom's bro. talking about in the Black Album when, when, when she talks about him. <laughs> being a nuisance to his brothers and sisters beating on the pots and pans and shit. I was definitely a nuisance to my mom and my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like they used to be like, this kid is crazy. So my dad finally broke down and brought me a drum set home and it was small. 
and I broke it. Like I beat it to death. <laughs> like I played it so much. They just was like, oh my goodness. So they gave me in like a leather drum set. It was an actual full size kit. And uh, it was just from then on, I was just into music. And I had got drum lessons because my dad was like, I need to polish this. So I had got drumming lessons and all that stuff. But it's like I've always had an ear for like music. Like drumming came naturally. Like besides the little classes that I had, like drumming just came naturally. Then I got like older. And it was a show called 106 in Park. It's Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Every day from school, like every time like every time I came home from school, I would watch it. You know what I'm saying? I would watch the the top ten live and Lil Bow I was on there to, to Missy Elliott, to like Fab, like to everybody. And I used to just be like, dang. But what really caught me was like Bow Wow. Like he was a kid. I was a kid. And he was a kid that was just like rapping. And I've never seen kids rap before until I saw him on TV. And I'm like, I want to rap. Yeah. I want to I rap. Like, it's just something about it. I want to rap. I want to try it. So I wrote my first 16 for a contest that he had. It was for this Hawaiian Punch contest. It was so funny. <laughs> it was like, if you can write the best 16, you can meet him and things like that. I had no idea what a 16 was. I was just like, I'm going to do it. And I wrote the worst 16 in life, and I didn't win. But it was just like, I was like, I really want to do this. So, yeah. How old do you think you were when you're when this is all kind of happening and you see Bow Wow doing his thing? I was like eight years old. But that tapped in that early. That's, it's, yeah. cra- it's crazy when you it, – it, that's all it takes sometimes It's just like seeing others – do something you know and it seems like that's kind of what what your upbringing was with what you were talking about as far as a bunch of different family members kind of having their hands in a different different avenues of art whether it's music or like visual yeah man it was like between that and then my family it's just like i really just really love music it was just something about it and then the more I started hanging out with my dad, you know what I'm saying? As a kid, we was just riding around and stuff. He would play like funk and and jazz and and like everything just start coming together. Even R and B is just like he just played everything at once. So the more I started listening to different type of genres, the more tapped in I became really with music. So I was like hip hop just not the only genre I liked at the time. It was like there was the funk, and then here comes jazz, R and B. You know, what I'm saying a little bit of rock and roll. My brother got me into rock. My brother was a metalhead. He still is a metalhead, but it's like he got me into metal music. So that was another avenue that I took too. So it's always been a part of my life for sure, man. And I mean, hip hop is so much all of those things itself, anyways. Like it's so much jazz and R and B and funk in hip-hop overall um did you like once you wrote that first 16 did that that's kind of set it off in you where you would you would be writing more often after that yeah man and like like i said my me and my brother my brother's a drummer too by the way that's another thing so him and i like when we were kids actually he was oh he's older than me way older than me so it's like when I was a kid and I, I brought up the idea of rapping, he was like, for real? And I'm like, yeah. And 
He was like, all right. He was like, that's what's up. But he didn't like know what I wanted to do. He was just like, okay. My cousins were the ones that took me in their basement and was like, here's the, the music you need to listen to. So it was like Karen's one. Again, <laughs> your fucking education. Yeah, like Karen's one, Nas, LL Kuzay. Like they were not playing. Like, they were so serious. And I learned so much. And you know what I'm saying? Then me and my brother, like as we grew up, we started listening to like Lil Jon and the Eastside Boys. And we just wanted to become like this little group. So he came up with a group called Combat 86. And Combat 86 was just me and my brother. We used to just freestyle in the back of my grandfather's band every weekend. Like just coming up with crazy ass like <laughs> songs. It was so dope, but it was so trash at the same time. But it was like, that's just something we wanted to do. So once I took that step and I took it a, a notch further and I went across the street to my homie house. He used to live over here. Um, we call him Dub. And Dub used to have a studio in his basement. And that's when I really started to really just try to record and rap and write music and things like that. It was because, like, he had the access to it. And nobody took me serious at first. But um, as I got older, like, like now, people are like, oh, okay, this, <laughs> you, you done evolved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It takes time, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and uh yeah, you got to learn that patience along with that of like yeah, being okay man. with not being super good right away and, and yeah. you know, acknowledging that it takes time to put it in. But I would imagine since you had a knack for drums already and you enjoyed that, did you, or, did you find that you pretty much had a natural rhythm within you as far as being able to rap and, and stay in the pocket and, and keep yeah, in time? Like like it took a it took a while for me to like I had the pocket and the timing and all that stuff. It was just my only problem problems was speaking like it was like it's kind of hard like between speaking good and not putting all words in one sentence together because like I used to run my words together. Sometimes I, I try not to do that no more because, like, I know sometimes it'll happen accidentally. But, like, I used to run my words completely together because I would try to get everything in one line and it just would not fit. So I had to write that over or, you know, say come up with another scheme or something. But, yeah, I've always had, like, rhythm, like, in the pocket and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And did were you... I feel like with a lot of your music, it, it's, it feels pretty confessional and and you're very honest with what you're going through and there's a lot of vulnerability to it was that always a part of what you were writing about even in the early days or were you more just like trying to figure out rhyme schemes and just trying to say cool shit no when i was a kid bro i just wanted to be cool like as a child i wanted to be cool as fuck and like the shit that i went through it changed my whole perception of music and it changed my whole perception of how I write and what I need to write about. And to be honest, it really kicked in in middle school, but there was a time where I quit. Like I quit music. I quit rapping and I just stopped caring no more. Like, I just stopped giving a fuck about it because I felt like nobody cared. I felt like 
nobody took me serious. And then not to mention people turn their backs on me saying that all this shit was just not, it's not for you. You suck. Like all this other shit. And as a kid, you know what I'm saying? As a middle school kid, I, I took that shit to heart. And then there was a lot of other stuff that happened in my life too. You know what I'm saying? It took a big role that I talk about in my music. And I just gave up. Like, I was just like, I don't want to do this no more. I don't care about it. No more. I like, I lost the passion and the drive for it. Yeah. So, so what, what ends up reigniting that, that passion for you and you kind of realizing the importance of this to you and like the importance of being able to, to voice your feelings and what you're, what you're going through? Um, so in high school, it was still the same thing. So like eighth grade through, I want to say my junior year, I like didn't care. Senior year was the year where the fire got reignited. Um, so there was this teacher named Mr. Holmes and Mr. Holmes is my favorite teacher. Um, because he actually took my notebook that I had, like he stole my notebook, <laughs> right? Because he, because one day I was writing his class, like, I didn't have any more classes to do or anything, so I was just helping him out with his class. And I was writing in class one day, and I was on the computer, like listening, like something else, but I was just writing. And he took my notebook, right? And he read my raps that I was writing. Now, I was just writing at the time because I just was, like, just playing around, seeing if I still had it. But I wasn't serious at all. Like, I just still was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But he took my notebook, and I was just like, Mr. Holmes, what the fuck? He was just like, let me read it. So he reads the notebook, and he's just like, this isn't bad. You should rap this. I'm like, no. I don't. No, hell no. And like, he knows what I went through in high school. So it's like, why the fuck would I rap in front of my peers who aren't really my peers? Like, they don't fuck with me. So why the fuck, like, you know what I'm saying? So he was like, oh, okay, I understand. So he left it alone for like a day, right? The next day I come back to class, he was still adamant about it. He was like, you should really rap this. I'm like, no. And he's just like, well, you know about Writers Week, right? I'm like, yeah, I know about it. He was like, well, I kind of signed you up for it. I'm like, what? So Writers Week is a thing where it's like, basically, you showcase your talent as far as poetry, rap, whatever that you do, as far as like writing, you showcase it in front of your whole entire class. So the whole 2014 class is looking dead in me as I'm writing, like, it, like rapping. So I was like, man, I don't want to do this, bro. And... The the day of the show, the day like of that writers week thing, it I did do it and I got like the standing ovation and it was like the most awkward but like weight off my shoulder type thing. And that's when I decided, all right, maybe we should give this a try again. Like so if it wasn't for Mr. Holmes, there would be no retro. Like there would be no retro champ at all. Like at all, bro. Like, um, it's a couple other teachers that had a hand, but it was Mr. Holmes that literally took this shit and went, Hey, this is what you need to do. Like, this is it. And I'm just like, all right. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's cool when you have like someone like that in your, in your corner to like, let you know that you should pursue this thing. 
you know, that maybe maybe some dumb kids or some other people told you that you shouldn't fuck with anymore. But, you know, when you have somebody else's perspective and kind of see that you you obviously had some sort of uh, talent or passion for it, then, you know, and, and then like trying to figure out how to put that in action is is very cool. But then you also still have to like do the work and and show up to that to that day so that you can receive that standing ovation. So, um, and I would imagine that that just gave you all kinds of validation for what, what you were doing or what you should do or keep pursuing this thing when you get a bunch of people standing up, you know, showing you love yeah, for what you did. It was, like I said, it was just awkward, but it was like a weight off my shoulder. Cause like you looking at bullies who bullies you clapping for you. You know what I'm saying? This is like, that's weird. And but it's also like okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I just straight got validation, like you said, and it just made me go, okay, well, this this is if this is it, then we're just gonna go full force with it. Then. And when when you uh, when you did that in front of everybody, was that like a pretty? Was the content of what you were putting out that day pretty personal, or was it like? It was personal. It was personal. Um. Yeah, it was personal because there was a lot of things I said that people didn't even know about. Like, they didn't know it about me. They didn't know I felt that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody knew that. Like, and that wasn't even, that wasn't half of what people knew. You know what I'm saying? Like, I only wrote about my ex and um, about just saying, like, people be hating on me. Like, but it was never deeper than that. Like, I could have went deeper, but I never did. I just gave like the base form and people were just like, well, why you never told us that people were like not fucking with you? And I'm just like, y'all know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just never really said nothing. I kept it to myself. So when I rapped in front of everybody, everybody was just like in awe or just like, what? like, that's how he felt for him. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And then once you experience kind of the weight come off your shoulders with doing something like that, do you, do you feel like you get kind of the same the same feeling or relief out of a lot of the songs that you even put out now? Like, do you feel like that's a, that's an important release for you with what you're uh, yes. talking about? Yeah. Cause once, once I put it out there on wax and like it gets released to everybody, it's like, I want somebody to receive that and be like, I understand him, but I also want them to be like, I relate to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want nobody to ever feel like they don't belong or feel like don't nobody care about them or nobody, like, understands them. Because it's like any, like, the things that I went through, somebody might feel. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I care about. Like, I want to relate to that next person. I want to help that person. I want to save that person because the shit I went through, I don't want them to go through. I don't even want them to feel like that. I don't want no kid to go to high school and feel like, they're going to get bullied or if they do get bullied, like it's the end of the world. I don't want them to ever feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Because like I've been through that and I've been in, in dark places in my mind where it was just like, I don't even want to be here. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I understand that kid. I understand that person. So any type of way, any song that I write, I try to make it either relatable, you know what I'm saying? Even my, some of my hype shit, it's like confidence, for example. Like, confidence is like, I literally want people to have their confidence back or keep their confidence up to where, you know what I'm saying? Can't nobody knock it off of it. Yeah, because man. Because, like, 
it's a lot of people out here that's trying to knock people, knock people off, but like their confidence is just like, nah, man, you can't can't knock my confidence off. Absolutely, man. I think that's like a really powerful and important message, especially, you know, you speaking to the to the bullying thing. And I don't know how far removed you are from from high school. How how old are you now? If you don't mind me. I'm 24. Asking. 24. I, I figured I had at least a few years on you. I, I've got about 10 years on you. I'm 35. Okay. And when you, you know, man. Yeah, for sure. But when you speak about like, you know, connecting to people through your 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 lyrics and, and what you're doing, like that that is why I reached out to Mike, you know, to to have this conversation with you because I felt something in your lyrics and I felt like you were doing something like really authentic and and vulnerable and and yeah, I think that's super important, man, especially when you're talking about bullying in this day and age, like the digital age especially. I think the the bullying has probably been taken to some next level for a lot of people yeah, like experiencing it through like social media and I can't even imagine being a fucking high school kid or a junior high kid with social media like that didn't exist yet when i was in high school so i can't really even imagine that so yeah dude i just it was, it was pretty bad bro like it's like i said it's just it it literally took a toll on itself like you know what i'm saying like kids would come to school and be depressed and nobody would know because nobody gave a fuck because they made fun of them online you know what I'm saying? And then, like, thank God no suicides happened in high school, but there was a kid I knew named Tristan. He, you know what I'm saying, committed suicide because he felt alone. And I've known that kid since middle school, so it kind of hurt me to hear about that. And for that to even go down, you know what I'm saying? Because I never knew that he felt alone. And I used to talk to this kid. So it just, it kind of hurt me to, to hear that. And then, you know what I'm saying? When people be trying to bully people online, I just be like, do y'all look big or something? Like, does it make you feel good to do that to another person? Like, you have no idea what anybody's going through. So for you to even try to put them down and put them in a position where it's like, they don't even feel good. Like, what kind of person are you? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to look at yourself. For sure. And then it's all fucked up because, like, who knows what it is that's been done to that person that's making them bully you or, you know, right, do right. what they're doing. And it's just kind of like a, a vicious circle of, uh, of shit, man. But yeah, dude, I, I just really appreciate your, your music and what, what you're doing. It, it spoke to me, uh, quickly, you know, I was just like, what this is, uh, this is some real shit. So I want to jump, I want to jump into, uh, to roller coaster, which is off your, your backlash EP. Yeah. Um, this is uh, definitely one of my favorite tracks off the Backlash EP, so we're gonna get into that one right now. Bitch, cool. My mom ain't going a hundred miles an hour lately. No Eminem, but I feel like these niggas see me. Still got the pain I'm trying to grow from. Second guessing if I'll ever be heard. Who knows, maybe. Don't compare me to nobody, I'm different from the rest. I'm no skater, but I grind hard so I can struggle less. Yes, I feel depressed when I feel like life is a mess. 72 hours in the hospital for dealing with stress. My spirit was vexed, I felt alone Got fans hitting me up saying I gotta stay strong Making peace songs, but my mind and spirit don't get along How that sound? Huh. I recently found a ride that can break down You can either fix it or keep it broken cause you're content now You strapped in tight on this ride, you can reach new heights It can take you through a tunnel, but at the end there's light This ride is never ending, you on it all day and night Sometimes this ride is scary and you won't feel right You try to fight through every obstacle with all your might 
got these lines that that stick with me in in a lot of the songs and 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 roller coaster is definitely one of them you got that that line that says uh making making peace songs but my mind and spirit don't get along uh that that one really really hung with me for sure yeah bro it's like i make a lot of i make a lot of music where it's like I want you to have peace within yourself but how am i i'm making that music but i don't even got it in my own right you know what i'm saying it's like is it's I'm battling with myself every day. You feel what I'm saying? But I'm trying to make sure that y'all have y'all peace. For sure. You know, like, but it's just like, how you gonna make this if you ain't even right? Like, how that sound? Like that that was that was the lyric that came to me. It's like, how that sound? How do you sound making all these songs for these people, but you can't even get your mind and spirit? Like, but it's like at the end of the day. The songs that I give to people, I gotta give it to myself. Like I write songs not only for people, but I write them for myself because I know I need help too. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I wrote Roller Coaster. Like Roller Coaster is just life. It's is, life, life, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that you have that. That other line is just like you can't get off the ride. Like there's yeah. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is it. Like you can't get off of it. Like there is no getting off this ride once you're on it it's a wrap. like you just own it and you gotta ride it to the fullest you know what i'm saying it's it's a lot of twists and turns ups and downs you know what i'm saying loops all that but you gotta brace yourself to survive you know what i mean like you can't give up and just be like i'm finna get off cannot do that like, yeah you gotta you gotta keep on man for sure man i think uh like you, you talk about a lot of heavy content, but it seems like you always have like these silver linings or these glimmers of hope. So when you talk about, and I think roller coaster is a great example of that. But you know, when you when you ask, how does that look when you talk about a line of making peace songs, but my mind and spirit don't get along? I think it looks like you're a dude trying to be better and trying to be that glimmer of light. You know, so 
Yeah, man. That's what I'm trying to do. Like, I want to be the light. Yeah. Somebody's darkness. Like, whoever, like, if you're in a dark tunnel, I want to be the light at the end or the light that's in the tunnel helping you get out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want nobody being stuck. At the same time, the flip side of your lyrics is you kind of examining those things, you know, in your life. Um, and it seems like it's taken a lot of mental work to kind of get to where you're at now or like kind of framing things in a more positive way. So can you talk to me a little bit about that process and, and how you kind of evolved to where you feel like you're, you're at now making music and the, the content of your material? So like right now, um, as far as making content now, it's just, I'll be living life. So when I live life, I write about life. I write about whatever I'm feeling at the time. So if I'm feeling this type of way, I write about it. Um, I also make songs that, you know what I'm saying, are relatable to people. Like I don't want nobody, you know what I'm saying, feeling a way when they, I mean, not feeling a way when they listen to my song. Like I want you to feel some type of way when listening because I want you to understand how impactful somebody else's life can be on yours. You know what I mean? Like when I write about, um, okay, prime example, it's a song I'm, I'm writing actually. And it's, it's me basically saying that you're not alone. I'm going to walk with you. Like it's a lonely road, but I'm going to walk with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be with you. Like you're not alone ever, ever. Like I don't care if I don't know you. Like you're not alone. Like I'm here. You listen to me. I'm here with you. I understand. Don't give up. Don't break. Don't fold. Just stick with me, and I promise you, you'll be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's that's what I'm feeling, and that's what I write about. So, and then there's songs where it's just like, um, another song I'm, I'm about to start writing again is this song called Blame. So it's like, don't put the blame on me because I'm out here trying to do better. Don't put that blame on me. Do not put hate on me. Don't put your, don't put no bad words on me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just because you're miserable doesn't mean I want to be miserable. So, Yeah, it's a tricky thing. It seems like you're a person that is uh, extremely empathetic and probably feels a lot of people's emotions. And yeah, for sure. I connect to that really heavy. And I think, you know, as as you grow older and you continue to experience so much life that becomes like a harder things to balance and you have to like figure out how to, uh, you know, obviously be there and show up for people and, and bear the weight of others, but not take on too much that it sinks yourself where you can't be right. your best right. self. Yeah, man. Like I have like my circle of friends, you know, so I just try to help them out the best way I can. You know what I'm saying? I got to be there for them like they are for me, but I got to I gotta make sure that they know for a fact that I'm there. Like, I don't ever want them to feel like I'm not there for them because anything that they ask for, I'm, I got it for them. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I love them, like my family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have that much family, but I really don't have any family, but I just like, I have the people that I adopted as my family. So with that, it's like I show them so much love because I do care and I do love them and I understand them. So when you say taking on emotions, I take on a lot because it's just this is me. Like I take them all on 
And I try to turn them into a positive because that's just what I want them to understand. At the end of the day, it's like we got to stay positive with this and we're going to keep moving. I feel you, man. Um, and I'm sure that uh, they appreciate and are very inspired by by what you're doing right now, putting this music out and, and just being so honest with your, your experience and whatnot. Um, yeah, dude, it's just it's super impressive. I And I've just been listening to your your records on repeat man i appreciate that my g thank you bro i yeah. really appreciate that for real absolutely i appreciate the music and when uh when you released backlash that was uh like late 2019 or that was like early 2019 okay like i think it was like spring spring of the summer one of the two i don't, I don't remember i think it was spring yeah it was spring so Backlash was just, it was, it's, it's like, it was just a layer of stuff, like, between Roller Coaster, and then you got Moving On, and then you got um, uh, uh, 2020. It's like, you got a whole lot of stuff that's just there. It's like, but that's the thing, like, my music is never different. I mean, never the same. I'm sorry. It's like, it's never the same. It's always different. Like, you're not going to catch me doing the same shit. And if you do, it's because in a, it's in a different format. But it's like, I will never make the same shit. I just can't. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, I would imagine a lot of that is you kind of growing up around a lot of different kinds of music and, and kind of yeah. having that sink into your creative process. Are you also producing beats at this this point or, or are you someone that likes to outsource that stuff i like to outsource it but it's like i want to learn you know what i'm saying like i've tried it before in the past like multiple times it's just i was like hey, i don't feel like doing this now like uh, so i'd rather outsource but i but um i do have a producer his name is chris jabo chris jabo has produced most of my tracks um, so anything that you hear besides two songs on FYI, which is, um, uh, I think it was a uh, minute and Lord have mercy, minute and Lord have mercy are produced by Epic the Dawn, who I found on YouTube, but everything else is Chris Jabo. Like Chris Jabo, um, is a very, very good producer. Um, and he's like my little brother. So it's like, I, I appreciate him for all the hard work he's done with me. You know what I'm saying? So. And uh, what about the instrumentation, man? Does that play into anything when you're putting together music at this point? Or are you, like I saw on Confidence, you know, there's there's that you playing the flute in the beginning of the video. Is oh, that is that God. anything real, or is that that? No, just... that was that was all, that was completely fake, bro. I don't I don't play the flute. <laughs> so <laughs> so no, man. Jabo put a flute in the in the beginning of Confidence. It was like, how you think this sound? I'm like, okay, this is kind of hard. Like Let's this go. is dope. <laughs> so then we shot the video for it. My videographer, JT Ibanez, he's a goofball. This dude goes, like, he hits me a week before and was like, hey, I need you to get a flute. I'm like, a what? He goes, I need you to get a flute. So I'm searching high and low for this flute. You feel what I'm saying? I end up getting one. Shout out to the homegirl. You feel me? She, get, she let me borrow her flute for the day. And... I used the flute in the in the video, and I was like, "What are we doing with?" It? He was like, "You're gonna play." It. I'm like, "Oh no, no, we're not. Nope, I don't play no flute." He was like, "He's like, you're not gonna actually play it, but you're gonna you're gonna play it." And I'm just like, "It's gonna look goofy as hell." He's like, "No, it's not. I promise." I'm like, "All right." 
So I trust him with it, and it turned out looking pretty cool. So yeah, dude, it came out dope. I mean, that's why I'm asking you if you play it because it looks real enough. I feel like, but I, I I also don't play the flute, so I wouldn't be able to like call you on your bullshit of what notes you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, bro, I don't play no flute, man. <laughs> like, if it's so funny, people ask me, "Do you play the flute?" I ain't never know you to play no flute. I'm like, I do not play the flute, bro. That was just <laughs> that was an illusion. Uh, you ever fuck around with the drums anymore? Yeah, man, absolutely, bro. Um, any chance I get, I try to fuck around with drums. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got homies that got drum sets and stuff like that, like in different bands. So I'll be like, when they set up or like we just at their practice or whatever, I'll just be like, hey, can I play? And they'll be like, yeah. So it's like, any chance I get, I do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get my own set again because the last set I had, they were so old and bent out of shape, I had to get rid of them. But now I'm going to get my own set and play again. I just got to make sure that it's the right set because I don't want no janky set now. Because, yeah, I know um, I know one of my homeboys, he is, I think he's I think he's partnered up with SJC Jones or something like that. Okay. Yeah, he, his set is wild. So like, I think I might go fuck with them for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and as, you know yeah, as far I know you you said you have like a you know a videographer and whatnot, but how involved are do you get in the that process and kind of like the aesthetic of stuff? Because when I look at your stuff online, whether it's your music videos or just kind of even like looking at your your Instagram, it just looks like everything's kind of put out, like, well-curated and put out with intention, and it definitely has, like, all the same kind of vibe to it as far as aesthetic. Yeah, man, it's like, when I put out things, I put it out for a reason. Like, it's a reason. I gotta, it's like, it's a surprise thing anytime you see me drop anything. So it's like, when I drop stuff, I want it to be special, and I want it to be a moment. I don't want it to just be like, oh, it's retro again, dropping something else. It's like, no, I want you to like be like, damn, this shit is hard. Or, oh, shit, well, he got playing. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't want nobody looking at my feed or looking at our videos. It's like, oh, okay, another music video. Uh, like, you know, nah, bro, like, it's got to be different. Like, I'm, I'm a different type of person. So it's just like, anything I drop, anything I post, it's like, it's got to be that. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be that moment. It's got to be special. It's got to be something, you know what I'm saying, that everybody's just looking at. Not not being like a person that's trying to get all the attention. It's just like, I don't want nobody looking at my content. It's just like, oh, okay. Like, no, I, just, I really want you to like focus on it so that you can be entertained. You know what I'm saying? Or like I said, the shock value, like, oh, damn, what do you got playing? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, like I said, I think it's like it that message of intention kind of comes across in what you're putting out, I think, without you even saying anything. It feel it feels that way. So um I I love the the Lord Have Mercy video. Um and also you have the Family Matters line in that, which is one of my favorite lines <laughs> on the EP, dude. The the fucking Winslow line is is very killer. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Man, I it's so crazy. When I wrote that line, I was literally writing this. I, I'm writing here, so it's like all my ideas come up in here, and I'm writing it. And I was just like, 
Danny Maddox. And I went back in my phone because I have a lot of bars in my phone. <clears throat> and I looked at that one line that I had, and it had Carl Winslow and the Family Maddox. I was like, I could flip that into something now. I just don't know what I wanted to do with it. But I wrote it down so long ago, I forgot. And then the Family Maddox movie from the Winslow, like yeah, that. Man. I was like, oh, I'm using this. That's <laughs> it. That's it right there. <laughs> I uh yeah, I go with that one heavy like Family Matters, man. That that was uh that came out when I was a kid, you know, like TGI yeah, Friday and shit. So it's <laughs> <laughs> So I grew up on Family Matters, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah dog. Like I I I I love Family Matters. I love the Wayne's brothers. I love Martin like I used to watch all type of sitcoms and shit as a kid, bro. Like I just love that shit. So um, using that was just dope. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, how does uh, it seems like you know from listening to your lyrics and stuff, you you seem like you're uh, you know you, there's just a lot of depth to what you're talking about. I'm I'm curious if if spirituality plays into your process at all. Yeah, man. God is always in my life forever. Um, Without God, I couldn't do none of this. And and that's just real. Um, for real. Because it's a lot of things that I don't want to say. And it's just like, he'd be like, nope, you got to say it. Like, put that in there. Like, so I so I do it. So, I mean, but like anything that I do is just like, now, now I will say that I have doubted things as far as spirituality. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have been like, man, I don't know if God is doing this or that. Like, I have battled with God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have I have had so many things where it's just like, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's like, I just I just feel like there's something still there between me and him. It's just, um, it's just, I got to refocus like refocus and i gotta you know what i'm saying get back to meditating and stuff like that because at, at one point it was just like i was so disconnected yeah i mean it takes work right so i th- I think that's all part of the process too of like experiencing doubt with things and you know everybody's got their their different interpretation of of what god is and stuff and, yeah you know, absolutely, that, man, absolutely you know whether it's that inner voice in you or the shadow person or just yeah i mean you got to live with yeah, yourself <laughs> yeah yeah bro i'm telling you dog you gotta really tap in with yourself because if you don't tap in with yourself and get your mind right then you're not gonna win it's like lauren hill said how you gonna win if you ain't right within? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> that's just what it is for real. Like I take that to heart. Absolutely, man. What what is uh your your mom is someone you mentioned multiple times throughout your records? Is is super? Uh, how important is it to you to like make her proud in what you're doing, or just you know be happy? She's my with heart. You? Like that lady's my heart. Um, me and her been through a lot. Like it's a lot. Like her journey is is a testimony. You know what I'm saying? Um, that lady almost died, and almost I almost grew up without a mom. But the fact that she's still here and then she's done a lot of things for me, and damn it, pretty much everything. I'm not even gonna say a lot. My mom has tried to do everything in her best, like, to help me. You know what I'm saying? Like, try to do everything. 
Um, now, a lot of things I never told her as far as like the bullying things like that, because I didn't want my mom to ever stress or worry. Even now, it's like certain things that I go through, I don't want my mom to stress or worry because I know she got her own things she got to worry about. And I'd rather help her and worry about her than her worry about me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I want her to be proud of me because my mom be doubting too. She be like, well, when is rap going to work? You know, like I want my son to be happy. Like, when is this going to work? Like, we didn't have arguments about it because she just don't, she don't know. You know what I'm saying? She don't know the process of what's going on. So she just worried. So, um, yeah, she's, she's my everything, man. Like, I love that lady to death. And yeah, it, it's very important for me to make her proud for because sure. I want her to know that her son is going to be okay when she leaves this earth. Like, I don't want her leaving this earth, like, I don't know what he going to do. I want her to know, like, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, man. Yeah, I totally understand, too, what you're saying. Relate to, uh, you know, as far as not wanting to worry her with any of the stuff that you're going through. I think that's, uh, I think that's just, like, so common amongst people in general. You know, you don't want to put that on on anyone. So that's why it becomes right, hard, yeah, hard to reach out about shit because you're, you don't want to be a burden to others. And then you also don't want you like exposing something about yourself. You don't always want those people to always think that's an issue for you, you know, or treat right. you differently because of it or worry about you all the time, even when you're doing good. You are, oh, you're hitting it on the head, bro. Like I don't tell nobody nothing like, and people and see, that's the, that's the funny part. My circle, they be just like, you don't never tell us nothing. I'll be like, I just, I don't want to put that on you. Like I don't. Tell them to listen to your fucking records. <laughs> and then when they listen, then when they listen, they be like, "Well, why didn't you say this?" And I just be like, "I, I did. Like, I'm clearly you just did. Dead. You put it somewhere. You you didn't keep it all inside. You put it somewhere. You just didn't put it on them. Yeah. Right, man. It's like I did. Like, did you not hear? Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like I don't never want to put that on them, and I don't ever want to, you know, what I'm saying, make them worry too much to where it's like they gotta continue to check up on me. It's like, no, I'm gonna be okay. I'll battle it on my own, which I do. So, yeah, man, I, you hit it right on the head for real, for sure. Like you straight hit that on the head. And and then also, I think it's probably, you know, I'm not a parent myself, but I feel like I've observed quite a few now, kind of with, with kids that are artists or pursuing that life. And it's, it's got to be hard as a parent to like, know what that's going to be like for their their child, because you know there is like a lot of uncertainty in that uh in that world, you know. There's a lot of people trying to do the thing. So I understand that, uh, you know, some of that feelings that that your mom might have of that. But I guess there's kind of uncertainty in in anything, you know, uncertainty in any job, you know, anything. As we're seeing right now, you know, with this COVID time, you know, it's like now everything's on pause. Man, you feel like it's 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 sick right now. Yeah. You know, people can't go do what they want to do because of a pandemic so it's wild it's wild for real yeah man it's a crazy crazy world um it's it's a really interesting 2020 that's for sure Um, how do you how do you compartmentalize all the the racial injustice that's constantly going on oh like none of this shit yeah i feel i figured you didn't like it but like how do you Kind of like, yeah, just not let that completely overwhelm your your psyche and shit. I mean, it, it's like I gotta, 
I gotta deal with it. It's like I still gotta deal with it. Like even writing about it is hard because like I hate this shit so fucking much because it don't make sense how people just can't <laughs> come together. Like it's twenty fucking twenty. You know what I'm saying? Like why can't we just come together and just love each other, man? That shit is so fucking weird. Like I just don't like it at all. I just think that it it makes no sense. I think that people are just wanting to be evil for no reason. And the fact that we got to, you know what I'm saying, take it this far is just, like, wild. Like, man, I I, I remember when they first had the whole Floyd, like, the whole Floyd, you know what I'm saying, thing just happened. The whole George Floyd situation, it made me sick. And I cried. You know what I'm saying? I did. I cried, bro, because it it don't make sense to me how people can be that evil. You know what I'm saying? Towards somebody because of the color of their skin. And me and my brother Rab, um, we went out and did care packages to all the protesters and things like that. You know what I'm saying? To let them know that we were standing with them because we feel like that it's too much bullshit going on out here. And I was out there protesting with the protesters. Like, I didn't do no looting or nothing, but I was out there standing with the protesters. I can look at some of these cops' eyes, and they just were like, they didn't care. They didn't care. Like, some of them were smiling. It was just like, it was a big fucking jump to them. When it's just like, do you know how serious this shit can get? You know what I mean? Like, and like I said, I just feel like it, it just hurts me because... I'm black and I got to walk these streets. I got to drive to work. You know what I'm saying? I got to do these things and I got to be cautious with my life because I don't know when it's going to end. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's just the most fucked up part about it is where it's like, I got to watch my ass because a cop might have a bad day and be like, fuck you and just blow my fucking head off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fucked up. Yeah, man, or just get caught up in some bullshit racial profiling that shouldn't exist. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, that's another thing. Like, that's just, that's just sick. Like, I don't want to be on the end of that. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, I appreciate you you sharing your words on that. It's, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, and it, it's, it makes me really angry. So I can't, you know, even imagine, you know, being, being black in this country right now or being a person of color in this country because it fucking overwhelms me and disturbs me. I mean, I don't know how you can watch the George Floyd video and not be disturbed, like wherever you come from. Like, that should just, you know? Even the Mike Brown situation. All of it. Like, just all of it. We were, like, I was literally in Ferguson almost Every day, because one of my one of my homies, you know what I'm saying, he used to stay in Canfield, where it happened at. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally 10 feet from where it happened at. And we were going back to his house, you know what I'm saying, to get certain stuff, because he was in the middle of moving. And just looking at where he got killed at, it disturbed me. It just made me, it made me feel real, like, are you serious? Like, this This what we doing? You know, like, it didn't sit well with me at all. 
And to see all them people out there, you know what I'm saying, protesting and then turning to riots and all this chaos, it just was like, well, damn, you know what I'm saying? When is that shit going to end? And even now, it's like, when is this shit going to end? When are we going to realize that we are all the same human beings? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, purple, like, we all bleed the same. Our, our grave is six feet just like everybody else's. You know what I'm saying? Like, when are we going to understand that nobody is, like, superior in this situation? Like, love each other. God dang. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just, it just don't make sense to me. Yeah, man. Not neither does it to me. But I hope that uh, you know. I hope we. I hope both you and I get to see like a better fucking world, man, or a better America at least than this. You know, mm-hmm. where where people don't have to to walk around with that on their conscience, like wondering if if a cop's gonna have a bad day, you know, or some some bullshit like that. So, like I said, I I appreciate you just like sharing sharing your words. I think your music is really important right now. These are like, you know, music and art are, are so important right now, or at least for me, like, especially while we're, we're all kind of still dealing with this COVID shit too. You know, there's not a, there's not a, not a whole lot to do. So it's nice for me to be able to escape into your music and dive into your lyrics and, and get to talk with you for an hour and get to know you man you're you seem like a really good dude and i just I appreciate I'm, it man you do too bro you seem like a really really cool dude for real bro like i appreciate you for hitting me up and you know what i'm saying inviting me to your show and it means a lot to me because um like i said i'm on the uprise but like i just appreciate you know people like you hitting me up saying hey we want to interview you because i think you need dope i like the message like you understand so i appreciate you for real for reaching out Likewise, man. Like I said, if you're ever coming through Portland, Oregon, you want to get a, a show together or something, we'll we'll uh, we'll sure. definitely make something happen. And uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can do this again sometime. And keep me posted oh, yeah, on, on on any music you got coming out. You let me know, and uh, you know I'll throw it on a playlist or or whatever. We can we can do oh, this yeah, again. We can yeah, we can chat fun. it up again. Whatever's good. Okay, yeah, for sure, bro. I'm with it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I said, you're a really, really cool dude, and I respect what you do. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime, anytime. Cool, man. Well, we're gonna we're gonna play it out with confidence, which uh, you got the new video for. Yeah, if you ain't seen it, check up. Please go check that out. I'll put please the check. yeah. I'll put all the links in the episode notes. Uh, people should definitely check out. You know, the Backlash EP as well as FYI. Both of those are up there and available. It sounds like you you've got more tunes in the works to look forward oh, to yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh we end every episode of the podcast with uh the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is it's a program. So if we could get the retro champ, it's a program, we can properly sail this thing out, man. All right. It's a program. He nailed it, everybody. That's Retro Champ. All the links in the episode notes. We're playing it out with confidence from FYI. And uh, that's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. And St. Louis today. Hey, don't show me love if you never believed in me, bro. Check out the growth. You say you applauded for me when it was really off a show. They don't expect you to know yourself. Investing in you because you know you will. I'll be damned if I ever let stress, anger, or any of you niggas affect my health. Was trying to fit in, I was out of shape, dumping toxic homies, man, they were a waste. Yeah, people hate, but it was no debate that the champ is still in first place. My music caused damage, 
I got the advantage Crunching they face like a bad aftertaste No Billy, but I'm overlapping any rapper This is in my way for me being great Why? Yeah, I got my confidence back And I plan on giving them hell okay. huh, Gotta keep pushing and going I can't too far just to fail Yeah, I got my confidence back And I plan on giving them hell Yeah, I got my confidence back I got my, I got my Hip-hop, my lady, she never been shady So fuck all you other hoes right. I'm not going back to the dark place in my mind It was turning into my own I saw snakes in my circle I know that they bite So I'd rather just be alone I'm just trying to be happy Fuck trying to be flashy I'm the one that'll set the tone Be feeling like Shaq Cause I'm the center of it all Yeah, oh I'm wrong I'm pissing off niggas That try to set me up for failure Yeah, that's how I'm installed I know I'm elite like Nike Born in the 90s Flow like it's poison Calling me Ivy Ivy The big nigga, big friend You can't even picture nobody that's like me Cause I got my confidence back And I plan on giving them hell It's a program.